interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to my bloody podcast new episode today for your enjoyment and horror. I am Brian Kluger and I am joined by the host with the most, the ghost face killer himself. My mom and dad are Ooh, Preston Barta, how are you? I'm so good. I'm very excited to talk about this one because this franchise is probably, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, like it's probably the most quality franchise out there. And that's saying a lot. Uh, Horror-wise. Yeah, horror-wise. We're, of course, talking about the Scream franchise and Scream, not one, not two, not three, four, five, but Scream 6. It's for you. Strange that you and I have never spoken on the phone. This is long overdue. What is this place? A shrine. (laughs) Did you miss me? He's gonna keep coming after us. Maybe he gets to win this time. And we execute him. It's upon us. It's here. Has there been six movies? Yes, there's been six movies. Preston and I saw it last week, and uh, we're here to talk about it on My Bloody Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, this one, of course, directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett. These are the people from Radio Silence. These are the people that gave you Ready or Not that VHS segment that we love so dearly, 103198, Devil's Do, Southbound, and The Last Scream movie. Uh, it was written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and it stars pretty much everybody from the previous film. Music by Brian Tyler. So let's just really start out, Preston. We, both of us watched Scream last year. And I believe this kind of reboot, this kind of far out sequel from part four did a good job. There were problems with it, but coming into Scream 6, we saw the trailer and we saw that it, oh my God, we're doing a Friday the 13th, Jason takes Manhattan, we're taking it from the woods, we're taking it from the small town, we're taking it from the cabin, and we're bringing it to the Big Apple, the big city, the metropolitan area. Manhattan, New York. This is what Scream 6 is doing. And I know it went viral online. All the reactions are like, wait, what? This is dumb. Ghost face without a knife. He's got a gun. But you and I were on the other side of that. We were like, dude, Jason Takes Manhattan is amazing. Listen to that episode on my bloody podcast. 
but this gives a whole new light to this the franchise to the character so with that going in seeing the trailer how excited were you for this how do you think it was going to play out before seeing it so i wasn't a huge fan of the fifth one which is just simply titled scream i i still liked it but I like them. This is a question I have for you. Like what order minus this new one do you like them in? Like where do you rank them? Because mine is in pretty much release order up until this new one. It was just like first one's the best, second one's the second best, thirds, and then fourth and fifth. See, I think I would do one, two, three, five, four. So you liked five more than four? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so that that was that was my order and I kind of had this same kind of mentality going into this sixth one in the same way that I had going into Halloween Kills, where I was like, all right, Halloween, very problematic, but for for my for my tastes and what I'm into, because to me, five just felt like a essentially a remake of the fourth one, but I felt like the fourth one was a little more clever, especially if you go back and watch it. I think you'll like the the opening sequence of that one where it's just like many cold openings it's like very well done and that's the one that kevin williamson came back for um so i really enjoyed that one and then five just felt like it kind of did that again but i still had a good time i felt like there was some jokes in there that were good in terms of like talking about legacy sequels legacy sequels um so that 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 uh metaness still carried over and then going in the sixth one i just thought you know same thing with Halloween Kills, I was like, okay, that one was okay with Halloween. Um, anything goes at this point. And then when I saw the trailer, saw what this was about, I was like, oh, this is really interesting to to go to New to Manhattan, go to New York, and really feel like you're taking some chances uh, to do something different. Um, and then upon watching it, which we'll get into more, it's a big tonal departure, even though it still carries over those things. And uh, to kind of skip ahead, I really enjoyed what it did. Yeah, good, good, good. So, yeah, I remember watching the trailer and I was like, oh, my God, they're in Manhattan. They're doing it. And I'm like, is this going to borderline silly? But I like the aspect of that shot in the trailer with Ghostface Killer with the gun. Super cool because we haven't really seen that. So with with that, I was going into this because I enjoyed five for the most part there. Like I said, there were some issues with it that I think could have been better. It, it just it felt a little slower. You don't get really too attached to any of the newer characters because they just all kind of seemed annoying and you didn't really get to grow with them. And yeah. so I was a little leery with Scream 6. Like I went into Scream 6, I was excited, but I was also like going in with caution um, yeah. with that. So I did that. And of course, I think in the first 15 minutes of the movie, you and I looked at each other a few times and we were just like, yes, this yes. is going to be good because press and I did watch this together. And there were many times press and I like to watch movies together. And then when we sit next to each other, we, we like to talk, you know, just like an old married couple. <laughs> and it, it's, when it's great like this, we both 
we both are in tune to horror and movies and cinema and like the critique part of it, but we're also fans. So both of us, like almost like, like that first date type of thing when we're looking at each other for like acknowledgement, like, Oh yeah, did you see that? We saw it too. That happened a lot during this and it made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're like Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. And so Going through it, I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is better than I could have thought. This was really good. And so we have Scream 6. I think to answer that first question, it exceeded my uh, precognitive notion of what I was going to see. It exceeded my happiness in watching it. Did it you? Yeah, very, very much so. Like just from the... I always anticipate or get really excited about the cold openings because this movie, this franchise has always had a way of going about it as like, it's, it's so creative. And so I always get excited about like, what are they going to do next? How are they going to top what they did before? The cold opening of the first movie is very hard to top. Like just the fact that you think that you're watching a movie and this is going to be the character that you're going to be with the entire movie. And then they pulled the rug from under you was very, <clears throat> excuse me, was very exciting. Um, so this one, it's like a and, double cold open. Like it's like yeah, a great double cold open. It like burned things down in the same way that Ryan Johnson did with star Wars. We are like, Oh my God, what, what's going to happen? Like, this, we haven't seen this done before and i'm very like so i was just like what are they going to do next like i just couldn't quite figure it out so it was fun it was super fun super fun as I, I was the same way in like the last jedi ryan johnson thing we all know what we're talking about like with what we thought from a movie and a half was like the new villain was just obliterated and yeah. so with these like kind of twists and turns happening, Scream and the radio silence directors, they're they're on to something. And it almost feels like this movie, like with Scream this last time, they either took all the notes from the fans or they weren't allowed to really go full force like they did this movie. And that latter is what I want to believe is that they had a vision for the first one for Scream 5. And they weren't allowed to do it by the studio. But since the first film or the, the fifth film, this last one was so successful, they're like, yeah, go D do your do your stuff. Yeah, to me, this feels like going from Purge 1 to Purge 2, where it's almost like a subtle do-over. It right. The characters feel fresh, even though we've seen them before and we kind of know a history with one of them um, or I guess all of them that that survived and it uh, just but felt exciting and new to me. It's true because that's a great analogy with Purge 1 and Purge 2. Purge 1 is a home invasion film, much like Scream 5 was. All took place at a cabin in a house in the woods. There's only a few people and you see all these elements in the whole United States that's supposed to be graphic, but you get this one family's experience with that. And just like in Purge 2, it takes it finally to the streets. It takes it out in the open with all the chaos happening around you. And that's what Scream 6 does. It puts you in almost, you're like, okay, you're not, you're around people, you're safe. You know, people are going to stop. Yeah. That's not the case here. Oh my no. God. Uh, it's even scarier this time. And you're getting all of that 
mayhem out in the open in the bustling city and yeah great purge one purge two analogy there so it's like they 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 went back to the drawing board and looked at truly dissected the entire franchise and found like what are the elements that were most successful and what were the scariest what created this effect and so with the crowd stuff and like like how you're truly never safe I really think they went back to Scream 2 with the open college. Open, yeah. yeah the, well, the the whole setting, of course, but just right. even the the cold open with Jada Pinkett Smith being in the theater. Yeah. And you're fully surrounded by a bunch of people and shit could happen and still be absolutely terrifying. Right. Uh, and I like that. And, you know, one small little side note there. That's why I'm so excited for the new evil dead film because it takes the evil dead franchise out of that remote cabin in the woods and brings it to a high rise apartment in a city because you think of evil dead and you're just like, well, only four or five people are going to know ever that this exists, you know, but with this, there's like, Oh my God, there's a potential for like a Bava Argento demons thing happening where people are possessed and it gets out into the world. So I like that scream and ghost face with scream six, as well as scream five, you know, as you saw in scream two, they made a movie about the first scream called stab and that mm-hmm. plays kind of a big part in scream six. And so watching this movie, was there a moment Cause we'll get to like scene specifics, like our favorite stuff, but was there a moment in this sixth film where you just like, yes, this is going to work and I'm going to love it. It was the, the opening sequence once you get to the end of that and then it's starting to go down a certain path. Like that's when it felt like, okay, this could be something really good. But I think it was when it pretty much, all the dialogue sequences there's a lot of like this movie really takes pause even though some really brutal stuff happens and it ends up being like some of the most brutal scenes that we've ever seen in a screen franchise or this movie like really slows down to make you care about the characters their relationships to one another um because in the original <clears throat> films four uh, first uh, four screen movies it was like the core the the three the main trio of nev campbell courtney cox and uh david arquette and so here we got a core four um and they even have fun with that name but they they genuinely care about each other and you feel that this time it's and as a i think as you said at the top of this this movie is more emotionally driven than any of the screen movies have been before where it's constantly, there's like this, I don't know, like if there is this fear with a lot of the, the new screen movies to be like, okay, we got to comment about like what's going on in horror today. And then we got to be very cheeky and we got to be smart. We got to be ahead And then here, I feel like they really did try to strip it down and think more about like, okay, we're going to take what's most successful from most of the franchises, but we're not going to be, we're not going to hit people over the head with it. We're not going to dangle it out there so much so that they're like, oh, they're just copying what they did there. It, it feels like 
it was <clears throat> that's where it was birthed from all these little individual moments but the the needle for all of that is the emotionally driven story here in the relationships among the characters because there's moments where like the two sisters will be talking to each other jen ortega plays tara carpenter and melissa barrera plays sarah sam carpenter and their uh melissa's character is older and then jenna ortega's character is going to college she's growing up and she's trying to get a feel for who she is as a person and each of the people you get to see what else is really interesting is you get to see their responses to the trauma that they endured in the scream five movie so how how they are each different and how they each have different responses you just kind of you just really feel the connection among them and i think that's ultimately what is the strongest aspect of this film yes as i mentioned really great kill sequences or action sequences or moment of tension moments of tension but really it's just what raises the stakes for those moments is you investing in these people and you do invest in these people you do. They'd had a great way of doing it too, because you know, in Scream Five, there's so many new characters. And you're just like, who the hell is anybody? Where, where I'm lost. Uh, and here, like Preston said, the core four, and you have kind of like the two almost sisters that, and then you have the brother and sister. I mean, they took a page out of Fast and Furious family. You know, they're still they're sticking <laughs> with the family, not in that it's definitely done in a great genuine way and not in a cheesy way at yeah, all. They're not drink, They're not drinking Corona's and going, all right. Um, so yeah, yeah family, mean, they, they kind of do, but it's not Corona's and it doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel unearned. It's yeah, correct. And so, and like Preston said, it does go into the trauma of all of that. And they talk about it and there's like these deep, very meaningful conversations with them and what they want to do because they all want to be done with it. Like, why is this happening? And it, it finally feels like they're responding as humans would if they faced any of what they did in the last film where they're because, because which is the polar opposite of what happens in Halloween ends and Halloween kills where you're like, Lori, what are you doing like this? You wouldn't be writing a book about it in this way. You would been you wouldn't be saying these things. And so you're just like, this doesn't feel like a part of our world. And this feels like a part of our world. There's they're having the conversations that you've been wanting them to have, really, like because your curiosity after seeing one of these movies, like what do they, how do they respond to that? What are they thinking about? And they do that. Uh, each of them face something, some sort of obstacle and uh, trauma. And they each talk about it and it, it doesn't feel like syrupy or anything like no, that. It, 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 it does feel like they truly try to work it out and make the drama feel genuine. It, it does. It does. And with with all of that melodrama and drama it's done so so greatly that it really just furthers those characters and like you want to spend more time with them you want to see them in sequels and 
that's that that's where it is you know like you have the back burner of like the action and horror but it really is about the the characters because i think they're there to stick around this time which is great which is great um and so with with scream six uh i just really enjoyed in its two hours because the pacing never falters, even with those, like you said, pauses for talks, but they mean something. And so with the action and horror and the suspense, where does it rank for you mm-hmm. in the Scream franchise? Because to me, you know, even aside from the two, the, the cold open, the duo cold open, there is a sequence where you're just like, oh my God, this is like, take a page out of John Wick right there with Ghostface Killer, you know, stepping inside a bodega, a convenience store in the middle of Manhattan. You're just like, oh my God, like he's here. People see him. I really like that. And with, with that, like you said, I think the radio silence directors really took a cue from all horror movies because in almost any slasher movie, including scream there's constantly even they make fun of it in scream two and scream three you know like turn around bitch he got a knife or like why are you going in there i'll be right back you can't say that it seems like everything in this movie there's not a there's not a character driven motivation or action that you wouldn't say i wouldn't do that like there it's almost like i would do the same thing i would try to be around a lot of people because i feel safer because somebody could stop it you know yeah it's i mean there are a couple of moments throughout here where you'll yeah the the wind wind up for like say if somebody a victim so to speak has the advantage in in a fight they wind up too much. And, right. Uh, that and the, the very first cold open where you think like, oh my God, that point lost me. Uh, but that's the only one, but he's not a main character. It's the core four that make all the great decisions for the most part, I think. So let's just say that there's there's a scene later on where one of the characters is, it's kind of like what we were complaining about with Sick in the very opening of that film that you can watch on Peacock, one of the characters in the very beginning is in a safe space. Finally, after being terrified and not knowing what's going on, locked himself in a room and you could just wait it out. And there's a moment in this film where one of the characters is in a safe space and gets emotionally pulled out. And so, so that, that, that was a, a slight knock for me outside of uh the reveal that happens but the journey is just so strong the journey is so strong so we have to address the elephant in the room sydney prescott's character nev campbell last movie she was in and then she left for this movie because she wasn't getting respect she wasn't getting paid enough and she feel like she deserved to get paid more and respected more, which I totally agree. She's the face of all the screen movies. So um, was her absence felt here? Do they, cause they do make mention to her in here and yeah. maybe if it's even a little cheesy on the nose, it works. But do you feel like there was a missing part 
with her not being in here? Do you think the core four did a great job in replacing that? Is Dewey, David Arquette character sorely miss? Courtney Cox does a weight job. What do you think about the veteran characters kind of being a second fiddle here? So I was nervous about all that because I was so, and that's probably what was my struggle in watching the fifth one was like, ah, I'm just, I'm here. I'm ready to see the the original trio there together. And I care less about the new ones. Like, it's just like, you know, it's the problem with a lot of, you know, franchise uh, do-overs or rebirths or whatever you want to call them. Uh, like even with Star Wars, I was like, ah, like I just want to see Luke, Leia, and Han together. And I, But then, you know, sometimes they prove you wrong. And this is a case for me where, yeah, you know, part of me does kind of miss Nev Campbell, but I kind of forgot about her a little bit as I was watching this because I think Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter is so good and there's parts where I was like, she looks like her. Like there's just like some face facial expressions that she gives. And same thing with Melissa Barrera as her sister in this, where made me forget that I wanted that originally. So I, I felt, as we said, like I felt pretty attached to these new characters and they have subtle nods in behaviors and personality traits to the original trio. And, but then they're also very unique and of their own and have their own thoughts and feelings about things that they're going through. And I think that made me not feel as attached to the original trio as I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Agreed. Like the, the character development in scream six completely is like, yeah, I don't really miss them anymore. Like it would be cool to see them. You see Courtney Cox. Uh, but again, she's there to support. Um, and so I really think this new generation can take it on. Would you like to see Sydney Prescott again and Nev Campbell? Yes. Would you like to see Dewey again? Yes. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen with him per se, but uh, with her, yeah, I would like to see them work something out and her come back as some sort of role. Um, because, I mean, it started with her and it went on with her. But like Preston said, they did it so fantastically that it, it works with the new characters. And again, I want to see more with them because they yeah. did so well. Yeah. And, it, and it was just refreshing that it didn't include nev campbell so like she can be the brine of fast and furious and just kind of f off and live her <laughs> life so we don't have to constantly be like she, she doesn't have to have a scene where she's like why can't i just live my life like leave me the hell alone i've done everything that i've needed to do um and so but you can't continue with this franchise without not bringing her in because at some point they're gonna make her because especially with like how involved these killings or the killers are with with what's what's gone on in the past and the move like the stab movies like they, they've always been somewhat associated with uh with things that have happened in the past it can't just be a complete restart and not somewhat look in the rear view mirror so i think with this next one they might find a way to bring her back. Um, and and I, I, I kind of hope they do. But at the same time, like, I'm really invested with what we have. 
uh, here and it, it could work without it. So I'd be happy either way. But I, at this point, I trust the filmmakers to, um, I don't know if their vision is to just do another one. So they feel like as directors, yeah, we did our three. We feel good with it. Like, I don't know what their plan is going forward with this. Are they going to cap it off in the same way that Nightmare on Elm Street did when they went only went to seven? I don't know, but uh, I, I'm in for it. I'm in for it too. I think they're doing good with it. Uh, I want to see more. That being said, what do you think about the kills, the ferocity, the violence of this movie? Because, you know, with the Scream 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, you do get stabs. You do get almost sillier spoof skills, you know, particularly, you know, Rose McGowan's head in a, a garage door. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But here, it's much more visceral. It's much more raw. It's bloody. It goes. Um and you you feel it because the sound effects are turned up to 11. That bass really hits you. And I don't know, Ghostface Killer this time seems much stronger and faster and agile that it's scarier to watch it. Uh, and then him being or them being in the whole uh, New York setting and more people to kill and not being afraid of not being seen is just brilliant in how they do it. Do you agree? Oh yeah. Like the, I don't want to give away things, but things that we've already brought up like the, or stuff that you've also seen in the trailer as we see them in that Dobega or going into the, the, the gas station, the convenience store um, like that scene is really well done. And you're that that's, that's the moment in the trailer that really got me excited in addition to them being in the subway cart where they're just surrounded by people and you can feel terrified while being surrounded by people in that the ghost face could just unleash on all of them and just not like there's no fear there's no like fumbling around with a knife in a house as fun as that can be sometimes uh and there's like this kind of rawness and amateur kind of feel to it they feel a little more calculated in how they pr they present ghost face this time around like it, it seems like they know what they're doing more so and that this is like one of the first times in a while it seems like with this franchise where i like i'm kind of scared of ghostface and like what, like what the capabilities are there um so uh yeah i think they handled it really well especially with those two those two sequences with the the subway cart in the, in the convenience store and uh, the subway cart is so great because again going back to like don't be stupid characters because you know at some point in horror movies you're like why are they alone why are they walking to this thing where they can be safe alone and then they address that in this movie and you're like yeah be with a lot of people go to a packed subway car unfortunately it's halloween so everybody's in masks yeah. but that scene where you're just like oh my god they're safe they're around a lot of people they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be safe and that turns out to be complete opposite in a much more horrifying way because, you know, you add that kind of darkly comical element of the Scream franchise being very meta, being very aware, mentioning other horror movies and being in the subway cart 
on Halloween and seen every favorite horror movie icon on there, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. But also seen a bunch of this, this ghost face killers on there, you know, and you're just like, oh, yeah, because this, because this dad franchise is successful in the right. world. Yeah. And so it's that scene is so suspenseful and it brings out almost, you know, like that Seinfeldian finale episode of like bystanders watching you know something happen and not doing anything but that's very real like in a modern day society 99.9 percent of people are just going to turn on their phones you know when watch something and not intervene and that's very scary and thank you radio silence for kind of incorporating stuff like that into this because it does feel more realistic it does that does add that element of like everybody for so long saying like always travel in numbers always be around crowded people and scream six is here to tell you that's not the case <laughs> yeah yeah every situation is unique and every person's unique so you don't know when you are truly safe like because you could think hey if you're gonna if you need to get from point a to point b get in a car but then we've seen like sometimes that's not a good thing to do somebody else may crash into your car and go full zodiac on you so you you, you just don't know you, there's there's no there's no place that feels safe and i feel like this film like really understands that yeah it, it's it's very smart and I, I guess to get back to your question of like where does this one rank now i i feel like i'm I rewatched all of them last year in preparation of five. And I feel like I need to go back and watch because I'm very familiar with one and two. I think one and two will still stay in its spot, but this one stands a pretty good chance of being uh, number three. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but then I don't know, maybe even over time, but I th- I think, uh, and we'll probably get to it without getting into spoilers, so to speak, but when it comes to the reveal, I, I felt a little bit down by it, but that's kind of like how you feel with a lot of these reveals. Uh, well, we, we said earlier on, it's the journey here. And yeah, I yeah. think one of the biggest gripes that we probably both have is that the reveal, because it's almost like a Scooby-Doo yeah. episode of, with each screen movie take off the mask who is it why are they that because it goes back to sydney prescott it goes back to whatever previous films and so with the reveal here it i felt like it was the only part of the movie that was reaching i get yeah. it and you'll get it when you're listening to this podcast you'll get it when the reveal is but it feels like the only part of it that doesn't feel like they had a solid, firm, wooden oak motive. Like, I get it, but what they did with it just felt like, you know, um, Henry Winkler jumping that shark. Like, it just felt like, okay. <laughs> like, it felt like, all right, this is what we're doing. But that whole scene, the whole climactic scene is done so greatly and well that yeah. you, you, you go with it, even though... I think it could have done a little bit better, but I still liked it. It's a little janky, but I liked it. It's a little bit to swallow, but you'll swallow it and still have fun at the end of the day and still want to see this continue because 
everything of what happened before it was so strong and different and totally different. And that's what you want from this franchise at this point. You can't just continue to, you know, milk the same cow. You got to build to do some freshen things up. Like they even uh, Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth have talked about it with like going forward with Thor at this point. It's like, yes, Thor Ragnarok was such a tonal departure from what we saw in Thor 1 and Thor 2. And then Thor 4 kind of did the same thing a little bit. And people were like, I wanted something a little bit different. And so Chris Hemsworth has said, like, if we're going to make a next one, it's got to feel completely different. And I feel like while it's this one, as I said, still has some of those ingredients that make Scream Scream, it feels way different than what has been done before in in being emotionally driven in trying to be more visceral with its killings and its action sequences as you said brian so uh yeah it has it has has a lot going for it it does okay i have an important question for you okay um why do we love jenna ortega so much yeah she's just so so goddamn good (laughs) so good so her and uh mesa gooding Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Yeah, who's in Booksmart. Uh, So, like, he, like, they're, all of them are great. Like, all of them do their part really great. It's very clear that Jen Ortega and Mesa Gooding are, like, the shining stars. Correct. Like, they just, they get the most, like, everybody else is, like, doing their part, and and you're pulled into that, and you find it compelling, but they're, those two are the most compelling to me um so yeah jenna was the clear standout like she gets her arc in this one is the most uh interesting to me and the things that she has to do is really fascinating and fun and so i think she's great and she truly is a star like i think she gets to do uh, some really fun stuff in this that she didn't get to do in Wednesday on Netflix. And uh, it's really cool to kind of see these different sides to her. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I She's amazing. I look forward to more work with her in the franchise and in other movies and TV series. She just, she gets it. She knows it. Uh, she's, she's wonderful. And Mason Gooding, he's wonderful as well. He plays that character who can easily be the asshole jock, but dude, he just loves his family. He loves his friends, his people. He's a great dude. Yeah, like he's very much like this older brother character who really will just take care of people. Like he wants to see that they're safe. He feels like this mature type of guy who's looking back on he you still get to see him like live his life and you know let the air out of the balloon and have fun but you can still see that there's this maturity to him where you're like he's just a good guy like he's not a dirtbag and i i loved what he did i liked what he did too um music in the movie's great they make some uh some great comebacks with the music selections uh new ones are good uh Without getting into the spoiler territory, I don't know if we can talk about anything else any further because this is a new movie. We don't like to do spoilers for brand new movies here. So is there anything else you want to bring up about this movie? 
Um, we haven't even mentioned that Hayden Pantier comes back as Kirby Reed in this one. I don't, there's not much that we can really say, say about her. She's about on the it. poster, but she's there and it's a great return to form for the character. Yeah. And it's a great return of her personally as an actress to the screen. Yes. Cause she's been gone for a while, but doing Nashville and stuff. You could yeah. tell she loves this role. You could tell she loves the franchise and it was great to see her again. It, it was, I, I will say like, it was nice to see Courtney Cox here and dealing with like, she has to face some of the same decisions. She has to face the decisions that she's made in her past, same way that the other characters did. So she's just as easily put on trial by herself, the same way that the other characters do to themselves. Right. Yeah. That was good. And like, they make mention of that, you know, as even in the film was like, I can't believe we've never talked before, you know, it's like, yeah. well, finally, she, Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers, is not on the sideline for the most part anymore. She's part of it now. And uh, it's it's pretty great to see uh, yeah. that unfold as well. And she yeah. has a great, great sequences with that. Um, agreed, agreed. And uh, Dermot Maroney, I, he can continue to do horror movies. I like seeing him pop up in Insidious. and yep. So like he... He's taking some taking some swings and and I'm enjoying what what he's doing too. Um, yeah, go Dermot Mulroney. We 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 still need our Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott, McDermott. horror movie. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and Dylan, the other guy that was in the fifth the fifth uh, <laughs> right. stream guy, he's yeah. got another Dylan something. I can't remember his name. Yes, yes, yes. We need that. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, Scream Six. This gets a highly recommended for me. Like this yeah. is a highly recommended movie. I think if you're bored of the Scream franchise, there's no reason to be scared of this one. You, it's going to re uh, ignite your passion for the the this franchise in a really big and good way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I was referencing Dylan Minite. I think that's his name. Dylan um, Minite. I don't know. They're all, they're all, they all sound alike uh, with their names. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I very much highly recommend this one too. Um, I was just kind of lukewarm on the last one, gave it a soft pass, but this one, yeah, is probably is one of my favorites of the franchise. So, yeah, I think I think they're on the right path, and it's going to pay off for them. I think this movie will do well. It will do well. I think it's going to knock out Creed three. Um, yeah. I think uh, it's yeah, the pun intended there. Uh, it's gonna do well because Scream 5 was still kind of during COVID and it mm -hmm. still made 140 million dollars. Damn good with the movies back now, it's gonna make more than that. Uh, it's it will knock out Creed 3, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, Scream 6, go out and see it. it it's a it's a great time. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. And just think the people that brought you ready or not think of that fun. Think of that violence. Think of that great time of a horror movie with those good characters that good that's editing. in the scream. Yes. Yeah. In this scream movie. That's good. So enjoy. Thank you for listening to my bloody podcast. Scream six, go see it out in theaters. You're going to, you're going to enjoy it. Preston Barta, the man, the myth, the legend he's at 
freshfiction.tv and the Denton Record Chronicle writing movie TV reviews doing interviews with those celebrities check those out on his YouTube also Blu-ray Dad on Instagram and Preston Barta on Twitter find him there I'm Brian Kluger you can find me at highdefdigest.com Twitter, Instagram, YouTube Brian Kluger type me in we'll be back next week with another My Bloody Podcast Sky was dark this morning 